1: Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.
0: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, the Renault Dealer of the Year and most Google-reviewed dealership in Ireland. For award-winning customer service you can trust, visit us today. Blackstone Motors, drive with peace of mind. 041-983-1100.
2: You're very welcome to Monday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Before we get down to business today, I just want to say what a fantastic night we had at the Drogheda Chamber Business Excellence Awards on Saturday evening. Oh, it was just a wonderful, wonderful night. I want to say hello today at the start of the show to the people from Ariosa uh, Coffee. Uh, They're on Lawrence Street in Drogheda. They're wonderful, wonderful people. We had lovely fun at the table on Saturday. And also the people from Gym Plus on the M1 Retail Park. It was a great night and you made it for me, I have to say, as well and congratulations to all the winners especially Margaret Riley from Grand Designs Kitchens and Bedrooms in the winner's enclosure again Lolo Robinson from Draha the Cultist well deserved for the fly. Anthony Smith, I want to say well done to Smiths of Drogheda on the North Road. I was so delighted for Nicky and the boys and everybody there. And of course, the Hurley Brothers on Narrow West Street, John and Francis, doing a great job there. Winners of the People's Award. Just mention a few, but congratulations to everybody. Brand new week of late lunch and my first guest of the week was raised in South Africa, has lived elsewhere and travelled the world. Indeed, he's been to 63 countries at this stage, imparting his experiences, expertise and successes to others. Anthony Mallet is living the real estate investor dream, as he says himself. He's the owner of several businesses and a self-made millionaire, and he now lives in Kells. Anthony, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Jerry. thank you very much for today. Well, everyone will wonder. My God, this man is some man you have with you today, Jerry. Why Kells? Why have you moved here?
3: So, uh, I'm glad you asked that question. Um, I go back to my heritage. My mum's actually originally uh, from Belly Money in Antrim. And uh, I grew up in South Africa, been there for 42 years. Um, I was born and raised there in Durban and moved to Johannesburg, um, which is really the the buzz and the hub of uh, South Africa for business. And uh, during my experience there, um, I always felt this calling, and you know, to, to want to come back to Ireland. Um, I did take a slight detour, as you said, uh, on the way here. <laughs> you but, did uh... for a few
2: years. <laughs> Absolutely. 63 countries. And I must say, if you saw me, dapper dressed today. And he has the lovely green on the tie as well, which is so appropriate. So, listen, can I morph into Jerry Maguire for a moment and say, show me the money, Anthony. <laughs> I like that. I like People that. are listening now. If you can help them create wealth or save money or whatever. Look, I, I want to ask you this. Is it easy to make money? Is it, a, is it a simple thing? No, it's not at all. It takes, it takes a lot of dedication.
3: It takes finding that why in you, that passion, that burn inside you to really get out of the system and to go out there to be an entrepreneur in order to start to learn how to make money. And the biggest thing is you've got to constantly be educating yourself.
2: Now… What did you start with? Because I suppose people will say, here's a very successful man today, but how did he begin? What did you do? We need to step back to see, to find out a bit more about you. What did you work at in South Africa?
3: So I came from a very humble background, um, uh, and t- like many people, uh, I came from a, a separated home, uh, father and mother, and my dad was this ultra salesman, and my mum was a nurse, and uh, it basically went through life. And and so after school in South Africa, uh, it was um, law that you had to either go to the military or to the police force. And I elected to go to the police force.
2: And you mentioned a separated home. What do you mean? Did your parents separate? Yes, that's correct. And who who reared
3: you? So I actually had quite an interesting uh, childhood. I, I was... Um, very fortunate that my gran actually took me in um, and uh, I, I lived with my granny and, um, and my granddad who was a lawyer and, and that's part of my story in, in the book that I have um, it's coming out uh, at the end of the next month and I'll be able to share that with you but uh, my granddad was a lawyer and uh, when he passed on, all he left us was confused because we thought he was this wealthy person. And so that was one of my lessons in life is to create wealth. And uh, so I would like to share some of that with you. Along OK,
2: so you go into the police force and you're working away there. And yes. that was a seminal moment, obviously, in, the, in your life with the passing of your granddad and the, the lesson that. It taught you. What did you do? What did you do? Like a salary in a police force. It's a steady, you know what they call it in Ireland, Anthony, a permanent pensionable job. I'm sure you've heard that before. I have indeed. In
3: South Africa, however, it's not like that. Um, It's a very underpaid job in South Africa. So this is what I learned. This is how my first awakening is at the age of 19, I bought my first property. Um, I had to get my father to co-sign. But as a police officer, you do get a subsidy to buy a property. So I bought a property for seventy nine thousand uh, dollars, or seventy nine thousand rand. Apologies. All these. What well, would that translate into uh, euro roughly? So divide by fifteen. Roughly. Okay. So it wasn't um, mad expensive, but you're on a small salary, right? And it and it's many years ago. Just saying. yes. Is
2: <laughs> <laughs> that telling my age? Property could be bought for reasonable money. Okay, right.
3: So here was the lesson learned. I bought that property, and the police force added basically another third to my salary to subsidise it. At the end of the year, I sold the property, and I made more money in the property than I did in the police force. So I went, that's awakening. There's money to be made in property.
2: So you did a quick, a quick flip there.
3: Well, it was a year that I lived yeah. in the property, so it was relatively quick. And you made money? I made money. So here, you're on. Is that it? You're on your way then? So it started. It was the start of it. Whilst I was in the police force, because I was so underpaid, I actually had three other jobs going, and that's what started my entrepreneurship. Um, and uh, really, that the reason why I sold the property is I was making so much money in my other jobs, being the entrepreneur, um, that I that I outgrew the property that I was in, and I wound up upgrading into a nicer property.
2: Now, you mentioned there are multiple jobs. Is that one of the key secrets of successful people as well? Working hard, doing what you have to do, gathering in the cash to set you up?
3: So I'd like to say that as a young youngster, you know, without coming from having money, I slogged it. I did what they call in America, hustle and grind, okay? So yes, it's important. You have to be able to decide early in life. Rather work harder and have delayed gratification. So what does that mean in itself? So when we get into, into wealth strategies, what I tell people is, you know, if, you've, if you've got some money coming in, don't go and buy that fancy car. Rather go buy a property Take the money from the property that you're making, from your investment property, go buy whatever you want. Go on holiday, invest it, reinvest it, you know, education, but you've still got that asset left. So if you, even when you finish that fancy car, you've still got that house and the, and the passive income that keeps coming through. But
2: here's the thing that Irish people can tell you after this great crash that wiped out so many people. Firstly, did you borrow to buy that first house? Yes, I did. Did you clear the borrowings when you sold it? Yes, I did. And you had a profit? Yes, I did. Okay. I sold it for one
3: hundred and twenty-seven thousand.
2: Right. <laughs> Should you borrow? Should you? Uh, lots of people. You have to. In other words, to yes. get on the property ladder, you will have to borrow. Indeed. The ideal scenario is if you held the cash. Sure. Would do you put cash into a property or do you borrow? Okay. If you had a call. Okay. So always borrow. Always. Always. Why? Okay. So here's here's some things.
3: First of all. Um, you know, there's, there's two types of debts. There's good debt and bad debt. And we're not taught this. In fact, the banks tell us the opposite. Credit cards are bad, horrible things. Don't go near them, right? You know, take the money, it's fine. Get a loan, get a mortgage. Um, I'm going to go through a strategy a little on, uh, later on called Velocity Banking, where I'm going to show you that credit cards are good. But whilst we're talking about good and bad debt, um, it's important what the wealthy do is that they leverage off debt. So no matter what they do, they're always leveraging. You see, yes. we're scared. We're afraid of it. Where we come from, we get told don't go into debt. But that's not leveraging and utilizing the resources and tools that you have. And that, that's what I'm here about is to help and teach people that they have access to these tools and resources. And it's not that difficult. It's not that scary. you just got to get a little bit out of your comfort zone. So hold on to your cash.
2: Don't do anything. If you have cash, what do you do with cash? Then? Invest. Invest in your cash. Uh, yeah, but do you invest in more property yes, or do I you do. diversify? So I, so I personally enjoy
3: property. And, yeah. and I can tell you the reason being, if we do a comparison between stocks and property, you know, at least with property, you've always got an asset. You know, with the stock market, what's that tied to? It's not tied to anything, any asset. It's tied to paper. It's all what the perception and perceived value is of that particular stock. So tomorrow, the stock market crashes. That happens instantaneously. Whereas a property, it might, it might go through 2008 again, but you've still got the asset. Look at where we are now. We've grown back, and we've now got our assets back. So you stay away from shares? I'm not necessarily saying that. <laughs> um, you know, if, you, if you do have a good opportunity within the stock market or you do wish to diversify, mm. but my preference would rather be to have an asset. Number two, on the stock market, you can't insure your shares. You can insure the asset within the house. So the house burns down, something happens. You've still got value there no matter what happens within the property.
2: So, so you're saying to me today, despite all we've been through in this country, crashed and burned, that property is still the number one investment.
3: Jerry. if I can tell you a statistic, okay? So if you took take a look at the top 1%, this is very, very important. If you take a to, to, look at the top 1% wealthy in the world, out of that, of them are business owners or own property. So what am I telling you to do with your money? Either become a business owner, which I strongly encourage you to do, but certainly invest in property. The wealthy have property. That's the secret.
2: So despite all, are you hearing this, folks, today? I know people are probably running scared, saying, oh, my God, almighty, don't bring me down that road again or don't get me involved in that. So there's two distinct investments. There's the investment in your family home where you're going to live, which is very important. And you see the the ramifications of that in Ireland where people don't have homes and we have a big homeless issue. Or oh, there's the investment where you invest... Uh, to get people to rent from you and pay you rent, etc. Do you distinguish between those? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me that. Because the
3: property that you live in is not necessarily seen as an investment. So let me ask you this question. Do you get any money from the property that you live in? No. No. Okay, yes, you get appreciation, but you don't get any money. So if we're looking at a cash flow balance sheet, what happens is that's not an investment. It's a liability. There's always outgoing. There's the maintenance, there's the utilities. There's all these bills that are accruing all the time. And in exchange for that, you're just getting a place with a roof over your head. What I'm suggesting is investing in property is where you're making
2: passive income. So when we were all going around in Ireland saying, oh, my one's worth 400 grand. Oh, mine's worth five. We have a 600,000 pad here now. And it was all pie in the sky. That, you say, is ridiculous. Don't count the value of your home and your wealth.
3: No, I, I, it's obviously on the balance sheet. You have something called equity. Yes. What I now suggest is take that equity. You should, you should always be leveraging it. Take that equity and invest in rental properties.
2: So would you, again, say, uh, borrow on the strength of your home and invest in something else? I would indeed. And, and you'd have no worries about doing n- that? Not
3: at all. No sleepless nights at all. I've seen the success it's brought me, and I've seen the success it has brought so many people.
2: Let me ask you this, because... You know, there are many opportunities to uh, invest and make some money. And we you've talked about n- property is your number one. You know, we hear about gold, that gold was a good investment for a time. It peaked at a point. What about these brokers, investment brokers that you go to? And they have all these sparkly spangle schemes that they want you to invest your hard-earned cash in. What do you make of them?
3: Well, Jerry, I'm glad that you picked that up because, look, I mean, everybody's got a job to do. But here's the thing I don't understand. We're stuck in the 40-40-40 trap, okay? So we work 40 hours a a week um, for 40 years in our life to retire with 40%. Now, there's something wrong with that picture in itself, right? Now that you say it, (laughs) 40-40-40. Okay. Brilliant. So what I try and do is I teach people they've worked so hard for that hard-earned money. And then what they do is they go and give it away. They give it to a broker who doesn't have your best interest at heart. When I say this, I really mean it sincerely because he doesn't work for you. He makes a commission off the stocks that he buys and sells, so, and he gets motivated by certain stocks and incentives to go and purchase certain stocks. Okay. Um, so really, his interest has not necessarily got yours at heart. He wants your money. He wants your money.
2: And you mentioned stocks there, there can be land involved here, property, a range of things. Correct. But you're saying to me today, and I've had experience, bad experience of this myself, terrible experience of people that I just think, oh my God, why did I ever go near them at all? Sure. Stay away from them. Right.
3: Is that, is that, is that what you say? That's what I would suggest strongly. So, uh, you know, the thing is that you need to be educating yourself. So if you're starting out and you don't know which direction to go in, um, you know, I, I took out some, some policies. I, I dabbled on the stock market. I did some forex. So I've done, you know, various different trades within that. And I still recommend that at worst, if you take a look, if you just put your money in the S&P 500 and you look at the return on that, you're getting about 12% uh, on the returns and then your net coming out of that. If you take a look in, at what happens if you give your money to a broker, you're probably making three to four percent because he's making his money. Look at just look at the offices of the brokerage and and you know it's these big palaces. You know that money comes from somewhere and it's coming from you.
2: My oh my. Why didn't I meet you 10 or more years ago? I can't turn back the clock. I'm delighted at meeting you today and hearing what you have to say and hopefully helping others and raising awareness of, of this as well. Um besides property, uh, shares, investment brokers. I mentioned gold. What about gold? Just a second on gold. Well, you know, gold is a good
3: commodity in terms of being you know linked to to something. But here's the thing: I don't know if you're aware, but in 1971, is when, when inflation started in the United States. The reason being is because in 1971 they no longer linked their currency to the gold billion. So, and as a result of that, they can print money. That's the problem with. our with, the, with our uh, country and the world right now is it's cheaper to print money. I mean, in Germany, they have negative interest rates. They don't want your money. It's cheaper to just go and print some more. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got to look at this and think about it. You know, I also tell people, don't put your money in a savings account. You know why it's got zero point something? Because there's no point putting your money in there. But
2: people, you see, uh, Anthony, have been born i come back to this again in this country and you know uh, accidental landlords accidental investors you know at the time who had some money on that as well and were told that bank of ireland shares would always be riding high at you know what in the 20 euro mark and then suddenly lots of people who look at it as a solid investment are gone so that brings us back to risk sure is there always risk involved? Certainly. I mean, but
3: the difference is calculating that risk. And how do you do that? It's by educating yourself. That's the key to this whole success. It's by being able to get out of your comfort zone and constantly learning and being educated. Look at new opportunities. I mean, Bitcoin's a very interesting one to look at. I have oh, it here. My <laughs> list. I just have it here. Are
2: you looking over that desk at my notes here? <laughs> Why what, what, what is it interesting?
3: Is it an option? So- so, so if you take a look at Bitcoin, I mean, everything has trends and has bubbles. You know, everything that starts to boom eventually has a bubble. This is just a cycle mm. that we go through. So, if you look at, you know, the first was the dot bomb dot com yes. cycle, and then you've got the pro- housing property. The, that all started getting great, and then that bombed. But the thing is, if you take a look at all of this, often the problem is greed. So people get overzealous on something, and they overcommit, and then they fall short. So, you know, that human factor that comes into us. We need to take risks, certainly, but they calculated risks.
2: So what do you say to somebody who has a nest egg and, and wants to mind it and are and looking at their future and they've done the 40, 40, 40 thing, as you say? <laughs> yes. I like that. That phrase you've coined here for me today, for sure. You know, somebody like that is at a stage of their life. They're not for risk or not for dodgy investments. So what I, do they do? You say, don't put it into that deposit account. What do you do? Put it under the bed? No, don't do that either. No, please don't
3: do that either because the house burns down you. Yes. To <laughs> All right. So, but in a realistic, what you want to do is invest in real estate. So you want to be educated. You need to understand how the real estate market works and then come back to what I was saying initially, invest in real estate. Start to build that legacy start to build something that you can give on to your your generation so you should start
2: that really earlier on in your life ideally but if you're at the stage where you've done this you know put the jumper on finished with all that and you have somebody i see it all the time i see the letters into the newspapers what do i do i've just got a lump sum from work and my pension coming to me what do you say to somebody in their 60s Buy multi-family dwellings
3: what do you mean so, multi-family dwelling is instead of a single-family, you you can invest in multi-families. Even single-family is fine, but multi-family right now is in the United States certainly the market is booming. Um, here's an here's an example if I can give you, Jerry. Um, if you if you're in the United States, there there is more than sixty-five percent of the properties have are valued at under one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. Now, banks won't give you a mortgage for for anything under own twenty five so you have a massive untapped market there you've got a lump sum you can go and buy a property between forty to eighty thousand dollars and you become the bank that's an interesting strategy so you buy the property and then you rent it back to them on a on what's called a lease to own option so that's going to generate anywhere between six hundred and fifty and eight hundred and fifty
2: dollars per month for you of income of income. For your sixty to eighty thousand dollars, you could not get anything the color of that in this country, could you? Not that I've seen. So, and can an Irish person go and do that today? Yes, indeed. And I can help you and show you how to do that. I've got software and the tools and how to set it up. And that's you. You're. Are you guaranteeing that return for a time? Then do you do you so, give it to them for a period of time or what? so
3: there 's different ways we can structure the deal if they want me to, if they want to be completely passive in it, they can give me the money and I can invest it on the back of that. They get a title deed to the property so that they have access to the property and they have what that means is that the property cannot be sold without them getting paid back their money and We write them a promissory note, and they can be earning at least three or four times what they 're currently getting from that. It sounds too good to be true uh, often it is, but i mean we 've got enough testimonials we can show you proof. Um, and, and even some of these properties. I, I tell you one scenario. I bought a property on an auction. So I got educated on this, how to do this in America when I moved there four years ago. And um, I bought a property on an auction for seven thousand two hundred and fifty dollars. That was worth sixty nine thousand dollars, and it generates a thousand dollars per month rental income. I've never seen the property, and it's in New York. It's uh, I, you can look it up. It's number forty seven Watson. So <laughs> one of the properties I own. Well, you like can't. God. You can't. You know. If you take a look at and if you look at retiring, so some mm. numbers that are interesting. If you look at retiring, it you need three point five million to have ten thousand per month income. Three point five million to have ten thousand. Here's a property I bought for seven thousand two hundred and fifty that gives me a thousand dollars. So if we look at that and we calculate the mass out, I need seventy two thousand dollars. If I could find all these properties, which you not necessarily can so easy but $72,000 for the same 10000 it's a little difference you're finding the $3.5
2: my word it is you've got the bongos beating in late lunchland for sure I, I'll only be able to take some of these questions but I'll take as many as I can and here comes Louise with even more for you as we speak um Just a comment in general. larkin has been on to say he had the privilege of meeting you uh, last week by chance. He's so interested in your life story, uh, really knows what he's talking about and looking forward to meeting him again. Thanks for that comment, Larkin, this afternoon. uh, Tom says, in the name of God, don't listen to that man. The world's going into a global recession. What do you say to that?
3: So here's the thing. If you own property, I ask you the following. I mean, everybody needs a house to live. We know there's a shortage of property anywhere in the world, including Ireland. um, And this is something that needs to be addressed. Um, And the point is, if the world goes into a recession, these are just, you know, things that you need to be prepared for how to, to, you know, overcome these. But if you own a property, i ask you the following. Does rental ever come down? Very, very seldom, unless it's become a slum or an area of discontent. Generally, rentals go up. And so we
2: have been in Ireland and now there's a cap. You're in an area of the world
3: here today where rents are capped. Sure, I I do get that. But at the same time, I mean at least you're getting a return on your investment. Mm. If you lose your, your money in the stock market, it's gone. You need you know that you have to wait for that equity to rebuild itself, you no longer have that asset.
2: Just a question on that. If you've borrowed X amount and you have repayments and your rent is not meeting those repayments and you have to subsidize it, is that a bad investment? So
3: you know, again, we need to look at you know what are the opportunities to overcome that. So, if it, obviously, if obviously, if you're negative cash flowing, that's not something that you'd want to invest in. Mm. Life's all about cash flow. It's not about the amount of assets that you've got, but about the money that you generate
2: from those. Assets. So, really, you should look first at the property, what it's worth, how you can acquire it, and then think ahead before really you make the decision to see what will this return to me. 100%. That must be done first. 100%. Jumping in without that type of analysis is
3: that's where. That's why it crashed. That's why most markets crash because people stopped doing the analysis. They just kept and kept on investing money after money into property, um, and and the property market crashed globally. Another
2: comment: Is the
3: Australian market not tumbling at the moment? Um, so, I mean, every market has its cycles,
2: you know. And, so, and tell me this: Stop there because this is important. I'm. So, I, I apologize. For being, I'm not being rude, but I really need to hear this. Will there be another crash in Ireland? I'm sure. How
3: soon will that be? Uh, That I cannot predict. But I mean, the point is exactly what we're coming to is by being educated and financially educated is what's important. Not taking your money and putting it in a no-point bank account. At least this way that you are investing, there is certain risk, but we are able to mitigate most of the risks by being educated and looking at how and where to invest.
2: And you think in the long term, whatever property falls and rises, but you always have the asset, as you emphasised a little bit earlier on. It's a Ponzi scheme, says somebody else. How dare you? Well, answer that.
3: <laughs> so I'm not sure where we get, got off track to think it's yeah, a Ponzi
2: scheme. This is um, not what you're talking about. They're talking about the no. scheme you're talking about in America. Okay. No.
3: So, I mean, I can show you lots and lots of people that have invested very successfully. Um, learning to,
2: to invest is what's key. It's not a Ponzi scheme. No. Hello, LMFM. A question for the gentleman being interviewed. What's your opinion on cryptocurrencies? Would he invest in them, says Paul? So again, you know, you
3: need to look at, you know, Bitcoin was quite interesting. I mean, it came into the marketplace. There was this massive hype. And then that bubble itself burst. I mean, we know that, you know, what the the, uh, Bitcoin's currently trading at. So would you look at diversifying and looking at high risk? Yes. You know, you need to take your portfolio, take a look at it and take some money. But, you know, investing in some of these things you need to know it's like gambling so you need to be able to be prepared to lose that money on your high risk investment and if it works great I know people that have made millions and millions of dollars and euros and bitcoins by investing in uh, in, in, the, in the cryptocurrency and it's here to stay
2: uh, the estate uh, real estate has peaked Jerry you'll get clobbered if you go in now but that comes back to the point that you say that's it it's cyclical but bricks and mortars are there that's correct um, another one here, a lot of people were burned by buying apartments in the last boom here in Ireland, and just before I answer that, you mentioned multifamily dwellings. You were really talking there about apartments were you, apartment that, type f- that 's investments and that what you're talking about that, in america that 's correct okay that 's just to clarify that for a listener as well. anyway, back to this question, A lot of people were burned by buying apartments in the last boom. Uh, would he recommend buying houses, apartments, offices? And is location important? That's a good question.
3: Very good question. I mean, when it comes to real estate, location, location, location. That's what's going to keep your investment going. So and location a, is key. Location is very key. I mean, if you take a look at, at, you know, not every property went under. You know, if you, if the properties around Dublin, look how expensive they, they are now and how much they've grown. So being educated and knowing which property to purchase is, is really Have key. Have
2: you preference for a home, an apartment, an office block investment? No. I, do you look so, at them
3: all? I do look at them all, personally. I've got different strategies for each one of them, which is key. Um, and so what you need to do is really, the, the, the crux of this is looking at
2: the cash flow. Mm. There's somebody there just in a general comment. Hi, Jerry. we bought uh, the home place and we're paying our mortgage until we lost our tracker. Well, if you lose a tracker, I know the tracker mortgage has been very important to people because it stays with the European rate as well. I'm sorry to hear that. It's probably as an aside issue here. I, I don't know why you lost your tracker, but I know it's a big blow to anybody if they did lose that. Thanks for the comment. Um, come back to this uh, wealth generation. You say there are five pillars of wealth. Name them. Okay. So, I
3: like this topic because how do you create wealth? First of all, as I suggest, there's five pillars. There's business, taxes, banking, real estate, and education. So now what we need to do is take a look at this. The first two are outflows. So if you're looking at uh, banking and taxes, those are outflows. What do I mean by that? And how do we overcome these? First of all, um, one third of your funds that you get generally go towards interest one third of the funds that you go, to come, go towards taxes and you left with a third. So how do you become more wealthy? How do you stretch that? It's very simple. We need to take a look at taxes and look at interest. So the first one I'll tackle quickly is taxes. The, the most taxed people is people that are employed because you cannot write off things. So as a business owner, you have the ability to write off a lot of your expenses. That cell phone that you have in your hand, Right, You carry it around. That's a business tool when you own a business, and that's tax deductible. So now you learn to write off all these taxes. The TV set that you have in your house is probably where you're watching your education on, so you can write the TV set off. Right? One needs to look – and at this point in time, I would like to put a disclaimer. I'm not a tax consultant. Yes. I'm not a lawyer, but – there are
2: ways that you can utilise these different... Uh so tax is one. We're going to, time is going to beat us here. So just fly through them there because you're coming back to late lunch, let me tell you, Anthony Mallet, that's for sure. So that's the tax. The other one you mentioned was what there? So banking interest. Going. So what we
3: pay yes. for our banking. Yes. And uh, I, I know that we're not going to have a lot of time to get into this, but this is something that I'd like to leave you with as, as a message. There is a better way on paying back that mortgage. I can teach you how to pay back any loan, amortized loan, in a third of the time without any additional money, saving two-thirds an interest. That's massive. It's crazy. And it was. I looked at this the first time and I went, this, it can't be true. So I have a, a, a um, spreadsheet that I'm going to share with the listeners. Um, And I'll give you those details now. So get a pen and paper handy, folks. Um, And I'm going to share that. If you register on my website, I will send you through the spreadsheet and it will show you exactly how to do that. So one third
2: of the time, two thirds of the saving on interest. That's correct. This day, we'll remember on late lunch, November 26, 2018. He's here. I mentioned Jerry Maguire at the top of the show. This is no joke. Anyway, they have a pen and paper ready now, I'm sure, at the minute. How do they register with you?
3: Okay, so if you go to the following and enter your full details, I will contact you back and I'll send you through. It's simply coach.myrenatus.com. So I will say again, it's coach.myrenatus, which is spelled M-Y-R-E-N-A-T-U-S.com.
2: That's so, very simple to get. Coach, coach at MyRenatus.com. Coach dot. It's, it's a website. Coach dot That's correct. It's okay. a website
3: that they go to. They fill in their details
2: um, and then I will be able to contact Quickly them. Quickly, name the other three that are the wealth pillars. Real estate,
3: education and business. An education you invest in. Uh, your own yes correct (laughs) and you get the investment back that's (laughs) what's critical
2: and and that that is a critical factor with that as well look it's been great meeting you today i'm so so glad you came to me a few weeks back and gave me your card i'll have you back the book is nearly there hopefully early in the new year but i want to talk to you again because we've only scratched the surface today for the moment anthony Mallet, thank you for joining me on late lunch
3: thank you very much for having me jerry and lmfm thank you listeners look forward to chatting again
0: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drahada, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. They say a week's a long time in
2: politics, but when it comes to sport and soccer in particular in Dundalk, they'll feel that hours is a long time when it comes to the beautiful game. Yes, you've heard the news. It's been all over the place uh, in the last few days. We were talking about it on Sunday Sport yesterday, Sport Today with column, It's in the news. It's everywhere. And he's just given his first press conference. He's now in the Ireland camp. I'm talking about Stephen Kenny. The most successful Dundalk manager probably of all time is gone and he's taken over the Irish under-21 job with a view to becoming Ireland manager after Mick McCarthy's two years. I'm joined on the line by a man we've talked to on numerous occasions about Dundalk football, Frankie Waters. Afternoon, Frankie.
4: Afternoon, Jerry.
2: Well, I suppose this has come side left. Did it come as, a big, as big a surprise to you as it did to the country?
4: Absolutely. Um, my understanding, Jerry, is that last Friday um, Stephen Kenny was offered the under twenty one job and he said no, and that appeared to be the end of the matter. That you know Mick McCarthy was being appointed and that was the end of the matter. But that all changed in a very short time on Saturday. In fact, in a very very short window of time, the FAI came back to him and made the succession deal offer, and Stephen Kenny was only ever going to leave Dundalk to take up the senior Ireland job and I suppose that's what's happened, Jerry. Mm.
2: Um It's a, a very emotional time for an awful lot of people who follow the Lilywhites because I said there, he's just been unbelievable for the club. The last number of years since he came in has been a whirlwind and look at the success that's followed here at home in the European Games. He's a huge loss.
4: Oh, it's a huge loss and... The town is almost in mourning, I'd say, because of what has happened. But, you know, I have to wish Stephen the best, and I'm sure most people do wish him the best in his new job. The club is in a much better place than when Stephen joined it six years ago. Um, 90% of the double women's squad have been signed up on contract again this year. Mm. None of the back teams um, group are leaving with Stephen, so Vinnie Perk's still there, Rory Higgins, they're all still there. So that infrastructure is there. So, you know, it, 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 the club's in a much stronger position than it was six years ago. And I believe, you know, it now has the facilities and it now has the assets to... Let's say make the right appointment to carry on that success.
2: Now we'll talk about that in a moment. But I, I concur with everything you say there. Uh, he he said it before. I saw an interview with him way back when he was Longford manager. He's only a whippersnapper, uh, green behind the ears. His first managerial job, and he he had funny enough a discussion about managerial, uh, you know, a path for him and where he'd like to see himself. And he mentioned this. You can only but wish him well. And you know, haven't seen what he's done at Dundalk. I'm sure you believe that he can put his imprimatur on Ireland ultimately, Frankie.
4: Well, we'll certainly starting with the with the underage setup and the under twenty one, etc. You know, if anyone can do it, I think Kenny can do it. Certainly, make a difference at that level. And we've all argued, we've all said, you know, Kenny, Kenny can do it at any level. So I've, I've no reason to believe he won't be able to do it at senior international level. I suppose the only concern you would have is you said a week is a long time in politics. Well, two years is a long time in football, Mm. you know, and you'd wonder, just you'd be a bit concerned, but, you know, how is it going to pan out over the next two years for him?
2: Yes, and if McCarthy, on the other hand, this has been mentioned so many times, does a wonderful job. You know, at the end of two years, how will the land law? You know what I'm saying?
4: Well, that, that that would be my main concern. That, you know, um, you know, if... Sorry, I don't mean to say I'm concerned if Mick is successful. <laughs> yeah. but if, 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 if I if know. If Mick is successful. So now, you're then, you turn around to Mick, say, thanks very much, and, you know, here's your P45 and... Uh, but that seems to be the deal, mm. uh, you know, Jerry. So yes, uh, and essentially you have to take it at face value.
2: It's going to be a different world for Stephen because managing uh, at underage level internationally is a different. It's not like being in a club every day with your players and training. You have them once in a while. He'll be on the road a lot. He'll be watching a lot of games, especially in in the UK as well. Keeping an eye on the players. It'll be a change for him
4: too. Well, Dundalk's molded in in his image. Yeah. I mean, the squad is molded in his image. That the you know that the, the he picked his players, they are his players. Not the same at this at the level he's now at mm. set up And again, I suppose to be honest, he, he's not the ultimate boss there either now. You know which, which he was in Dundalk. I mean, yeah. um, what Stephen wanted, Stephen got effectively in Dundalk. Mm. Uh, very different setup now he's in Uh, a very different job and you know he doesn't have that day-to-day contact and you know he doesn't have the the that i wouldn't suspect that you know his own support team around him either so a big challenge for him as well
2: yeah but you can understand the man has done probably done he has he's done it all uh, at league of ireland level he really has and he's made an impact on europe he wants to challenge himself again that's understandable with anybody it's great in somebody isn't it
4: i think good luck to the man. You know, he wants to challenge himself at, at senior international level and, you know, um, let's hope that goes very well for him. I suppose you, you could say uh, what else was left for him to do in, in mm. League of Ireland, but, uh, you know, well, we in Dundalk would like him to continue to do what <laughs> he did, particularly with, with, you know, the European football coming up again next year and the, the, the qualifiers in the Champions League. You know, there's opportunities for Dundalk there, but I suppose those opportunities are there forever. the new yeah. the manager's going to be. Absolutely,
2: Frankie. I'm sure at uh, Shamra Grovers and Cork City and maybe another place or two uh, they're delighted for Stephen. They are delighted. I know League of Ireland fans are a very close bunch as well. Yeah. They love to see their own getting through to the national sides, uh, doing well if they go across the water and this is the ultimate for the League of Ireland now to have Dundalk's manager in charge of the national side. But you know what I'm getting at? They might think there's a little chink in the lily white arm
4: Well... I suppose we 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 all at League of Ireland have been arguing for years you know give League of Ireland players a chance and you know maybe give somebody like Stephen Kenny a chance but of course if I was a Cork City supporter or Shamrock Rovers supporter I would have to say I would be quietly saying to myself well this this maybe is an opportunity for us mm. um, you know but as I said already the, the squad is there the supports are there I understand you know that the same budget as last year has not somewhat increased from the American investors so you know, um, I think continuity is going to be an important thing for Dundalk this year.
2: Now, you mentioned uh, his team who he's had with him there, Vinnie Perth in particular, right beside him all, all the way. Oh. Um, is Vinnie an option? I know there's this whole thing of having the license to coach in the league may impact on Vinnie oh. taking the reins. Is that correct? Hi, I'm
1: Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.
2: correct right.
4: that's correct yeah, um, yeah, I suppose continuity is the crucial thing here and who knows that team better there's only one person who knows the team as well as Stephen Kenny and that's Vinnie Perth I would have said and the team around him so certainly I personally would see that Vinny Perth is a is a serious contender and I think the issue about the licence can be addressed let, mm. let's put it that way yeah. uh, um, you know uh, may well mean having someone working with Binny and maybe whatever the title would be director of football or whatever it might be but I think that can be addressed
2: ok so uh, that's not insurmountable that problem
4: no, you're saying no, I, to me I don't think it's insurmountable uh, um yeah.
2: you know when you, when you think about all that's happened these last few years and the joy and success he's brought to the town as well you, you'll have to be uh, um, always uh, in the debt of this man when he came to the club as you said look what he's done from then You'll have to put a bust or a statue up of him at this stage, will you?
4: <laughs> I don't think we've got quite the point of putting the statue up just yet. But but certainly, uh, you know, uh, the, the the memories he's given to this town, and and certainly, I think people. When they stand back from him a bit, of course we're all in a state of a shock of him going. But when you stand back for it and you say, "Look, just look what he's done mm. for, for for the club and for Dundalk," you have to say certainly that uh, he'll never be forgotten in Oriole Park, that or in Dundalk. That's one certainty. Mm-hmm. The, club, uh,
2: the club itself, Frankie, it hasn't really made a statement or a comment yet. And I know you're close to the inner sanctums of the club. There, can we expect something from them? Can we expect it a quick appointment or what?
4: Uh, I think. On the statement, I think, really, from the club's point of view, remember, this all happened over the weekend, yeah. uh, uh, and uh, uh, the chairman of the club remember, was based in the United States, uh, and the, the Friday was, there was nothing happening, it all happened Saturday afternoon, but I do think that the club were doing a wait until after Stephen Kenny's um, interview, or a for formal appointment today, a formal announcement, I think you will get a statement from the club fairly quickly now. Mm. And and I would expect that, that statement, so you can guess what it's going to say, it's going to wish him good luck, no yes. question about it. Yeah,
2: yeah. no, I, I, I've heard clips from the interview, I was coming on air th- there as it's just feeding through, I was listening to it on our news and sport there and he was very appreciative of all that's happened in Dundalk and what the club did for him as well and that he'll miss it and he loved his time there and it's really nice to hear him speak like that. What else would he say anyway?
4: what else we say but you know yeah. he loved Dundalk and Dundalk loved him uh, as, as regards a, a quick appointment I would have thought the club would move relatively quickly to, to deal with that situation you don't want this dragging on for too long like I say the squad's there the, the, the background team are all there so I think it's a case of getting on with the job because suddenly it's Christmas and so on and so on, so I, I do think there'll be an urgency with the club to actually resolve this fairly quickly. Although I, I do understand from the club that the phone has been hopping this morning, you can imagine. Mm. Oh, there's listen, there's it's the job
2: everyone issues. wants, Frankie, never mind yeah. Stephen wanting the Irish job when you look at I, club football.
4: I don't think need to put an ad in the paper. <laughs> <No. laughs> <or that, laughs> you, um,
2: you needn't uh, bother. So that uh, rules yourself and myself out, does it, at the minute? Uh, yeah.
4: Yeah. I, I, good and all as we are, uh, Gary, I just don't think we're the right team. (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, I'd be expecting, you know, I I, I think the simple point about this too is we have to move on now, you know. know, A lot of people have mixed feelings about how the appointment occurred and, you know, how, you know, but, but look, it's done now. He's gone and good luck to him and let's move on. And like I keep saying the same thing, this club is a very different club than the one Stephen Kenny joined. And a lot of course of that is down to Stephen Kenny and Andy and Paul, the former owners of the club, and now the current owners and the current management structure up there with Martin Connolly and Mal Brannigan, etc. It's all down to them, really.
2: Yeah, yeah. And there is a, a big uh, situation uh, supporting and behind the manager. Final thing uh, there'll be no shortage of tickets. There'll be plenty of black and white among the green and white at Lansdowne, down the road.
4: Well, yeah. I must say you, you'll often find with many League of Ireland supporters, but they're not actually great Ireland supporters yes. in sense of going to going to matches. But yeah. now, of course, we we don't have that excuse maybe no. anymore that that <laughs> uh, that you know we, we have to sign up for the Aviva now. Of course, Dundalk spend a lot of time in the Aviva.
2: Ah, the listen, Aviva, she is you know, our is yeah. our co tenants there at this point in time. To be honest yeah. with you, anyway, Frankie, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Delighted Gary, to talk to you today. Buddy. Take okay, care of yourself now. Bye-bye, bye bye. Bye bye. That's Frankie Waters there. Fantastic man. Great Dundalk supporter involved with the club. Just reflecting on Stephen Kenny's wonderful tenure. And may I join in all the congratulations as well to wish Stephen all the very best. Anytime I had any dealings with him from the day he came to Dundalk, I remember the day he arrived, he's always been courteous to me and helpful and taking the phone calls and would talk to us whenever he could indeed he did just recently the morning after the cup final when i'm sure he could have done with a few more hours in bed but we wish stephen kelly kenny all the very best in his role with ireland and look forward to him taking the reins in two years what an honor that is and we watch with interest to see who will take the reins at oriel park
0: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie.
2: My next guests on late lunch this afternoon are husband and wife Joe and Pat O'Connor, who spend hours in their shed these days, often without a spoken word. Well, that's what Louise—that's what Louise told me this morning. Just con- confirm or deny this. In a minute. They're laughing away there in the background. Let me tell you, they're a gifted pair because they've teamed their talents as wood turner and crafter, and are now inundated with requests for the handmade products. And they trade under the title, All Things Handcraft. You're both very welcome to the show. You're laughing at me that you'd better start talking this afternoon. I want none of that shed stuff now in here. Was she right or was she winding me up there to tell me that you...
5: I might be right now. In some, some occasions when we're out there, all right, we're working away and there's a few... Uh, Accidents <laughs> happened with the wood turnings and the carvings, and
6: yeah, things can fly in no time. But, uh, <laughs> generally, generally, we get on
2: grit, yeah. But you know what? It shows you you don't have to actually talk when you're very comfortable in, in the company of absolutely. somebody, and, and yeah. that, that is the reality of it. I know yeah, that that's anyway. Tell us about yourselves, a wood turner.
6: Yeah, well, I wood turn <laughs> and I hand carve as well. Um, up until three years ago, I never actually did either. Um, I got sick about four years ago. I got cancer. And um, after about a year of, of recovery, I had time in my hands. So I just decided, I always loved wood. You know, I, I love the smell of wood. Um, and I decided I'd, I'd try my hand at hand carving. And it's just, it's been non-stop mm. since. And then about six, eight months later, I said I'd try the turning. So I bought a lathe, and basically you can see here, it went from strength to strength.
2: Well, do you know something, Joe? You are a real example of somebody who's come to a talent that they have later on in their lives, because I'm looking at what you've even taken to us here today, and it's absolutely beautiful. Are you sure you never had a, You lived another life before this one, and you were. No, what, what I did, I mean, I was in furniture
6: for most of my life. I designed three-piece suites. Yeah. so I, kinda, I had that, but I didn't know I would have the, the creative thing with the wood, because I, I can look at something. And then I can just do it. I don't know how I do it, but I can just do it. But you obviously
2: have that latent talent that was within you there and only came out. Isn't it a bit of an irony that it took a serious illness illness to bring you to this? Absolutely, yeah. Do you feel that was fate? Do you feel there was maybe something pointing you in that direction?
6: Yeah, it's like when you have a serious illness and you come through it and I was lucky to come through it some of my friends didn't um,
2: Do you mind me asking you what cancer you had?
6: I posture cancer Okay Postured cancer Yeah um,
2: But I got I was lucky I got it early which so, is very important. We want to say that again to everybody.
6: What, what I would say, Jerry, just on a different note, all yeah, about, like it's 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 only twenty five euro for a blood test. Yes, you don't even have to go near a doctor. Yes, you know, and I would recommend every every man goes for that. Yeah. the blood test because when you get it early, you're fine. Mm. Like a tablet will cure it now. Yes. it was different when I got it. Yeah, but um, you
2: know it's it's very important that people get checked yeah. you know? you're looking well and healthy today boy may I say and I am yeah, and I it's great, great. she's
5: well pampered <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: no wonder there's quietness in the workshop <laughs> <laughs> but look it's great now let's talk about a couple of the pieces you've brought here today over on the chair here beside me tell me what that is over there on the right hand side it's a picture,
6: basically, that uh, I hand carved of, of the Quiet Man. Three scenes from the Quiet Man. Obviously, the cottage. Kohans, um, is it? And and the pub then is Pat Cohan's. Cohan's is yeah. the pub, yeah. Sorry, Cohan's, and, and, yeah. And uh, the bridge, the Quiet. Oh man, yes, I know quiet it man well. Bridge, you know. Uh, it took probably about a week to to do the whole thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but again, it's just done for my you know it's beautiful like, I, I just draw it out and what and and what wh- what's the lump of timber what, what kind of timber is that that's lime it's a piece of lime but it was actually a waste piece of lime and i just when i seen the t- the piece of timber i kind of knew I could put something in, into it. You, you had, a vision, I mean? had you a vision for what you were going to do it, with yeah, it. Yeah, and, and I got the three pieces into it. It's quite big. It's hard to photograph, but you can see it. It's, it's oh, it's you know, absolutely it
2: came out, came out beautiful. It is that a soft wood to work? Lime? It is
6: lime. Is yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. It's 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 very good for carving. It's expensive because you have to really buy it now. You can't you can't get it um, like you get beach or something like that. Yeah, you know what I mean, um, and you you can get you. But you have to buy that, and and oh, tanks. it's
2: gorgeous, uh, and that's uh, that's from uh, a tree that existed for quite a few years. You can see that as well. It's yeah, a, it's a mature yeah. piece of timber. It's gorgeous on the desk here. Who's that fella looking at me there with a, a strange looking face carved into the timber?
6: That guy is. Uh, we call him the judge. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um. I'm sure some people would not say you're not wrong there, Joe. Yeah, yeah. it's a stare now. Look, isn't it? <clears throat> um, again,
6: just something I've seen. And I decided I'd do it. I threw it out in a piece of paper and put it into wood then, you know. And yeah. that's the gavel. the gavel there, which I turned for the face, you
2: know. It's lovely. So th- that's a set that you have there. Yeah. It's you have the gavel and, and the judge's face as well. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Let's bring Pat into the conversation. Tell us about you and your crafting skills.
5: Well, um kind of came from my mum as a wool spinner. And uh, she spins her own wool and she does a bit of weaving and knitting and the whole lot. So she was going to the craft fairs and I s- decided to go with her and then thought, might as well be doing something than sitting here doing nothing. So she showed me how to felt and that. So that's how I started off.
2: What about spinning wool? What do you get? A big ball of this stuff and then you put it... You get the it, fleece. Yeah, yeah you and get you the
5: fleece. Yeah, and you take the bits off that are good to use and then you um, wash it and then you can spin it. Mm. And this now Jacob fleece there It's beautiful Is just straight off the fleece
2: Nothing done with that Nothing at all Nothing done with that at all That is just the real McCoy And that's, that's what is spun then into wool for knitting Yeah, yeah But that's the pure fl- fleece That's and the pure fleece What have you there, a sheep or a goat sitting it's on the Jacob top? It's a Jacob sheep Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah Sitting on the top of it And that's felt it Right, it's beautiful, yeah. isn't it? It's beautiful to the touch Let me touch yeah. it there It's absolutely yeah. lovely yeah. How long would a piece like that take you to put together? That took about three days Mm. yeah you can see there's yeah. a good bit of work actually has gone yeah into it starts
5: that. off at an armature like a wire frame yeah and then you're building the wall up yeah around it the whole time and mm. needle felting is what what's used for that knitting needle felting yeah yeah talk to me about knitting for a minute do you knit much i do knit a bit knit a bit how often um just in the evenings Spons every evening. weekends yeah
2: would you do a few hours each evening
5: if I'm under pressure to get orders on <laughs> yeah
2: it depends on the demand yeah is it is there something you know relaxing in it absolutely. absolutely is there is Especially that the big thing about it
5: with the thera- with the needle felting now it's i find it very therapeutic yeah you know it's it's um another word for it is called stabbing so you know you're kind of taking out a lot of aggression now when you're doing this kind of uh, felt and but you get that out of your you system. You do get out of your system, yeah. <laughs> but no, I do. I find it therapeutic. You yeah,
2: know. and 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 you never get bored in knitting, or no? Do you ever feel under pressure when you have orders? You know to get something done. Ah, a little done? bit,
5: yeah, yeah. Like yeah. working as well. You know, it's it's yeah. hard to kind of yeah. Because I, it you,
2: you both, and we'll talk about that in a moment. You both have your day jobs, mm. and this is something that you've developed as a very wonderful hobby. Let me say, mm. did you? Press gang your daughter or something at one stage into a, a knitting experience. Jessica, right?
5: yeah, we drafted her in there to do a few hats for Christmas one year and it turned out she got an order for about 50 or 60. So she was knitting, actually going to work in the car, which is probably <laughs> no, not she very wasn't, legal. She wasn't,
2: yeah, she wasn't driving, we had, <laughs> no, she wasn't yeah. driving. She wasn't driving, no, she was when she was
5: parked. Yeah, when she was parked. So, um, yeah, she, um, she Did got... Did that put
2: her off knitting for life, it, no? It,
5: Cut her off for a little while. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, it does. It's very popular, though, isn't it? A lot of people. My own wife knits. Oh, yeah. She, she mm. loves now. You'd see her torn out stuff for the, the Christmas and that, and that as well. And it's a big pastime for a lot of people, isn't it? That yeah. They, they really, really do enjoy. So what else? You, you have jewellery here as well, yes? Yeah, that's felted jewellery. Now, that's wet felted. What do you mean by that?
5: It's um, where you get the wool and you kind of agitate the wool with hot, soapy water. So the fibres are coming together. You're actually sculpting with mm. the wool. And uh, you just make different pieces. Like That's you know. lovely.
2: That's uh, earrings there and yeah. a, a, a necklace, necklace piece yeah. as well. It's yeah. got the colours in it. How do you get the colour into that?
5: That's actually rolled felt. So you're, you're layering the wool and then you roll it with hot water and soapy water. And then you... When you cut it, then you, you don't know what design you're going to have yeah. until you actually cut through it. I see, and then you have your different it's designs. Beautiful,
2: and they match perfectly as well—the mm-hmm. uh, the necklace and the earrings. And beside it here, you have the most gorgeous little Christmas wreath.
5: Mm, wreath, yeah, Santinome. Yeah,
2: it's lovely, isn't mm. it? And I see you with the little cones in that that yeah. have a little bit of fleck of color in them as well. Yeah, is that intricate to make as well? What forms the base, the round o- of that wreath? It's a there? willow
5: wreath. Willow and
2: you weave that, do you?
5: Yeah, well, that's actually. A, I got that pre-made. The reed, the
2: reed itself, and then built on it. Yeah, do you know. So, where do you pick up your materials from?
5: Um, there's nice little. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I see Joe leaning back there and laughing. Come on, come in. Tell me more <coughs> about that. Well, I drive. Well, I drive
6: a coach on occasions, so. I've often went to, to Limerick, Cork, or wherever, and uh, if there was enough room in the boot, I could come home with half a tree.
2: Yes, you know. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah. Hold on, hold on. I think there's a little exaggeration there. You can come home with a whole tree as well, I believe. Yeah, at we, times, we've done
6: that. We have done that, okay, on one occasion. We we're over in in Ballystown, uh, looking for for timber, and there was a tree on the beach, and. Uh, I looked at it and I said, no, I don't think that'll fit in the bus. The two of us walked by it. Yeah, we walked by it a couple of times and then we came back to it. So I got a chance, so I cut it in three. Got the bus, put it into the bus, and <laughs> brought it home. And the next day, I, I erected it in the workshop. So it's, it's actually standing. In and the I'm looking
2: of the at a picture of here, and it goes from the ground to the ceiling as Absolutely, well yeah. in yeah, the yeah. shop there. So yeah. It's beautiful, fun. isn't it? It's, it's amazing. Tree, and yeah. and that that intricacy with all the winding round the that's centre column that is natural. Yeah, that's, that's the, the, the way vine. it has been on the beach. Yeah. we found it up on the beach. Ivy
5: yeah. through
2: it. Isn't that amazing? It is is yeah. it beach? Well. A beach must be a great place for flotsam and jetsam and all this type of stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
6: you can we got lots of timber. You mm. know what I mean? You get lots of timber
2: and that, that inspiration washes yeah. in. An mm. and, an mm. and do you do you go to beaches now specifically with an eye to see what you can pick up? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a nice, nice pastime as well, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well there was, like there was one, one time, time now
5: he left me in Cork and came oh, home yeah, with a car full of uh you.
6: We we all the whole family were down, Jess <laughs> Joe and ourselves went down and um we had two cows. And I was supposed to bring, obviously, some of the kids home. And there was a U-tree after falling down. So I filled the whole car with U and I left them and I brought it home. (laughs) So we were left in Cork. See you
2: sometime. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) But you see... You, you can't look a gift horse in Absolutely the mouth either, not. can so it's, you? It's, when you it's, see it's something hard, like that, it's
6: too hard to get yeah. wood. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very hard to get wood, and and if you have to buy it,
2: it's very expensive. Mm. You know. So, so you're um, understanding. Yeah. You're an understanding family. That's you it, yeah. What I just went to, to the bar.
5: <laughs> 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 you didn't mind either. another night. Nice.
2: <laughs> <Yeah, true. laughs> so you mentioned you drive a coach. Is is that right? Yeah, like from I drive well, I drive buses and coaches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah, that, six, that's that's your day job. And and what do you do, Pat?
5: I'm in a legal.
2: Yeah, and, okay, and, okay, yeah, and that's Swiss your office, job as well yeah. so how much time can you devote to this or or, or or does it allow you with your day jobs and family and everything
6: well weekends obviously mm. I, do, I do, do a lot on the weekends Saturday, and, uh, Sunday or just yeah. one
2: day at the weekend No, I, no. I do it both days, Saturdays yeah.
6: and Sundays but it's not, the thing about most of the stuff I do, I don't do repeats everything I do off. is one off and, and if I had to do a repeat and I've been asked that I don't do them because that's work Yes. Do you know what I mean? And, and what I'm doing now is not I enjoy what I I enjoy just going out and creating something different yeah. every
2: time I do it. So if somebody so, takes something from you, that's it. You won't see another won't one see another of those one. in the world. It's bespoke no. for that person. Yeah, that's absolutely. yeah. yeah. That's terrific? Yeah. That's a yeah. real yeah. unique selling point, may I but it, say. It
5: kind of takes away from what we're about and doing it. Mm. Because it is kind of something that we enjoy. Yes. And then when it comes to being like that you know yeah. work as such it's like, a
2: little bit different for the knitters and 50
5: hats is it absolutely that, maybe that's why she was turned <laughs> that's off that's different
2: it. Yeah. <laughs> I can see. that's you, what it is you have the yin and yang yeah. between the two <laughs> you for that's sure it. you know yeah, absolutely but with this beautiful work oh by the way sorry I missed one here look What's that? There Another is. set of earrings. A set of earrings, yeah. Aren't yeah. they gorgeous as well? And they're well? wet felted as well. So. Oh, they're lovely. And the little sparklies round the edge mm. of them all the little diamonds there. Aren't they gorgeous? Gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, how do you um, bring awareness of what you do? Well, you're doing it here today with me on, on Late Lunch. But you know, where do you, Where are you? How can people have a look at your stuff? Where do you go?
5: We go to craft fairs. We've been doing them now this year, mainly. Um, we were in the yard yesterday. We're going to Minolte next Sunday and um, a few places we went to the Kilmore in Cavan there recently yeah. and we also have an online presence now we have our website up and running
2: so allthingshandcraft.ie allthingshandcraft.ie I- okay yeah. allthingshandcraft.ie yeah. and we've just tweeted a picture of some of the beautiful items uh, that Joe and Pat have brought to brought to us on late lunch this afternoon uh, do you ever get people calling to you I know you're done Mo people oh, are you yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. does anyone you. ever call to we have had a few a l-
5: people now inquiring to come out and have a look at the shop but we it's mainly online now we have the platform yes. you know yeah. we, we're not
2: yeah, and, right. and where is the big workshop is it at the back of your house the back of the house House, you have a yeah. big you have a building there you work yeah. out of, have you? Yeah, it's not yeah. that big Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> garage. It's a garage. Yeah. <laughs> and is it true is it true that you're sort of, you know, keep yourselves to yourselves when you're beavering away there in the two year in the workshop? Ah,
5: sometimes. Sometimes yeah. we do throw ideas around the place and yeah. bounce off each other, you yeah, know. Yeah, we bounce off each other. Yeah. Right? We do. Mm, yeah, uh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. But you know, it, it, works
6: well.
5: you know the partnership work, it works well. I can see it. I can see it. I said it already. 35 you, years together.
2: Yeah. Oh, listen, you dovetail perfectly. <laughs> it ain't going to change at this stage. That's a very content man. I'm just well, looking at yeah. him. I can <laughs> tell <it off>. <laughs> you that.
5: i sure.
2: As I get uh, <laughs> uh, We're going to keep the mics rolling for that one. <laughs> <laughs> only joking. Only joking. Listen, it's lovely to meet you. are a lovely couple, honestly. Thanks I, very much. Just uh, congratulate me. you on your success with this and remind, listen, again it's called All Things Handcraft Joe and Patricia O'Connor and they'll be in Minolte next Sunday next Sunday if you want to meet them there at at the Christmas fair and what lovely things you have with the Christmas season on the way continued success thank Thank you for joining me on the show today thanks Thanks very 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 much appreciate
0: it Terry. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drada, your local Renault selection dealer with over 250 quality used cars in stock there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors check out our used stock online at
2: blackstowemotors.ie Dr. Nisha Sinnott hit the headlines in 2016 for her work in finding potential new ways to treat one of the most aggressive forms of breast cancer. Now she's preparing to travel to Washington DC next year To further her research work, this time in the area of cancer prevention. And I'm delighted to say, spoke to her in 2016 on the phone. She's here in person in studio today. Nisha Sinnott, you're very welcome to the show. Hello.
1: Thank
7: Thank you you very
2: much for 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 joining me. It really is good to meet you in person. Will you just remind listeners uh, about that time in 2016 when you were featured all over the place? What was that about?
7: Yeah, sure. Um, So back then, I was still doing my PhD, um, and I was looking at potential drugs that could be used to treat a subform of triple negative of breast cancer called triple negative breast cancer. So it's one of the three main types of breast cancer and it's considered uh, the most difficult to treat because it doesn't have what we call a targeted drug therapy. So that's really what my PhD uh, studies were trying to work on to try and identify um, this kind of targeted drug therapy. Um, so in 2016, yeah, the Irish Cancer Society put out a press release about our work that we had just published um, in the International Journal of Cancer. And we we're targeting um, a molecule called P53. And it's mutated in eighty percent of triple negative breast cancers, and we found that one of these drugs that we were testing could reactivate or fix this mutation, and it could kill triple negative breast cancer cells in the lab, which is where I'm based. I'm a scientist, and all of my work is lab based research. Yes.
2: So you're not a clinician. You want to say that when yeah. it comes to doctorate, it's yeah. in. But that's um, that was a major breakthrough.
7: Um, Yeah, in the area of triple negative breast cancer... um Yeah, I suppose you could say, you know, everything, you have to take everything as it Mm. comes. You know, it's all lab based and it's all preclinical. And we were really happy with the project, how it went, the result. Obviously, it's what everybody wants to get a positive result. Um, But it's still early
2: days. But in this cancer conundrum, there are um, thousands of building blocks that you and your team and people, you provide one of those little blocks and eventually, please God, it'll all build into something major, major when it comes to cancer detection and treatment.
7: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And even what we did built on yes. those kind of building blocks for mm. people for you know, previous years. Like the P fifty three protein, which my work was focused on, was discovered in nineteen seventy nine. Um, you know, so, um, and then it was only 10 years later that they actually realised that for 10 years they'd been working with the mutated form Yes, and that actually when it was in the normal form, it's protective and it helps ourselves. Mm. So then they found out, you know, when it's mutated, it can cause cancer. And since then people have been trying to, um, target this mutation and it's very difficult to treat. But in the last few years, a number of different drug compounds have been, um, produced or made you know to target this mutation and that's really where i came in then yes. you know just straight yeah. out of college i oh, know you've painted HD. the picture
2: really well yeah. we we get yeah. it we know where you fit it and, and well done to you on that you really did grab the headlines about that at the time you mentioned three types of cancer the most aggressive the triple negative what are the other two yes
7: yeah, so the other two are what we call er positive or hormone receptor positive so that's where the estrogen receptor is overexpressed and that's really the cause of the extra cell growing and the tumour forming and then the other type is HER2 positive so again HER2 is a kind of receptor that's on your cell and it's overexpressed so there's extra receptors there this is a growth factor so really it just gets activated and again the cells just grow extra because mm. there's extra of these receptors are they easier
2: there. to treat the, the number well, the one thing and with,
7: two um yeah well the thing with those two subtypes is because we know what drives the cancer um there's drugs for those, so these okay. targeted drugs. Yes. Um, so they can bind to the receptor and stop this growth, and you know they're a really effective drug therapies. They really revolutionise breast cancer treatment. So that's what we really would like to get for triple negative breast cancer is these targeted specific drugs, because um, triple negative is now treated with chemotherapy, and everybody knows chemotherapy, and you know it's it as well that has re- revolutionised cancer treatment it's a very effective treatment for some people but for other people it's not effective whereas with these targeted therapies they're specific for your cancer and not just you know fast cell growth or anything Mm. so um, they're specific for your cancer so they go in they go straight to the cancer and also with that there's less side effects because it's, it's specific. Yeah, you know? it's brilliant. So it's, that's kind of where... It's a
2: win-win for everybody, yeah. the treatment, the patient, the whole yeah. lot and the whole uh, recovery process as exactly. well for it. I hear what yeah. you're saying. I hear what you're saying and it's it's most welcome. Now, since you hit the headlines, hmm. uh, what have you been at since?
7: Yeah, yeah. So I finished up my PhD, so that was great. Got God, my, I uh, just got say to
2: anybody who <laughs> does a PhD... <laughs> Well done! To oh, you. Thank It's you. not an thank easy. You.
7: Yeah, it's a big commitment. Definitely, it was four years. Mm. Um, a lot of work, a lot of commitment. Um, but I I was really lucky. Obviously, um, great project, great supervisor, Professor Joe Duffy and Professor John Crane as well. Um, I was through the Breast Predict program with the Irish Cancer Society, and that was wonderful. You know, we met regularly. I got to meet other peers and other supervisors. You know, it was a great uh, consortium. Um, I had a really positive experience. Although mm. it is still hard work for anybody
2: when you enjoy (laughs) something it it, it, it's a a great help and a great assist to you going through a a tough process like that so you, you complete your phd then
7: yeah then i stayed on in vincent's for another year finishing up um the project that i was working on for papers and publications things like that and then i was lucky enough to um be awarded a cancer prevention fellowship so um i applied for that actually over a year ago um And it's co-funded between the Health Research Board in Ireland. So the first year I'm here in Ireland. So I'm doing that right now. And then I go over to um, just outside Washington, D.C., to the National Cancer Institute um, in the States. So that's part of the National Institute of Health over there. And I'll do three years of funded research over there with
2: that. And interestingly, it's in the area of cancer prevention.
7: Yeah. Now,
2: here's the question. (laughs) And the big, big question <laughs> that everybody, yeah. I'm sure, and you've heard this and it's always one that'll come up. Can this ultimately happen? Do you ever see a day arriving when we can prevent cancer and get it at its source and stop it?
7: Um, I think we, as humans, will always form cancer. I think um, in terms of prevention, um, well, obviously there's a the lifestyle factors, you know, things that everybody smokes, eat healthy, you know, alcohol consumption they're
2: very exercise. important too hugely important so there's no yeah. there's no getting away from this message that's out there if you're yeah. overweight if you don't exercise mm. if you eat the wrong yeah. things if you drink too much if you smoke
7: they y- contribute to every kind of cancer pretty okay. much yeah. yeah
2: that is the reality
7: that is the reality yeah um, but then obviously there's other kind of cancers genetic based um, we don't understand all of those mm. so there is still a lot there to be learned. and um, and then just earlier diagnosis and things like that. You know, we when we study cancer, it's usually when cancer is already developed in the body. You know, when you actually can see it as a when you're a patient or a clinician and you go in, it's already a fully formed tumour. So if we could understand a little bit better how it gets to that stage, um I think we could have better early treatment yeah
2: or what the indicators are yeah God if it was only as simple as you get a headache and it indicates that there's yeah, something early exactly. on up. but yeah. cancer's not like that
7: no it's not no and it's so different for everybody because it comes from our own cells so it's really really complex mm-hmm. and um like we understand a lot about cancer now but even you know by the time we get to work with cancer cells or look at them or anything there's so many things that have gone wrong within the cell to get to that stage um, if we could, you know, and it's a maze, you know, we don't know which ones were the first ones to go wrong or the first genes to be mutated and things like this. It's just, it's really, really complex. So I probably, I'm still interested in the molecular biology side of things, um, just, you know, in early stage cancers. Mm. Um,
2: what else are you studying at the minute? You're in, yeah, in this so, year, you're doing, yeah, what are you doing there? You know,
7: for this year, I'm doing a master's in public
2: health. Um, One year one year. Uh, yes. you don't have like challenging yourself do you
7: <laughs> i know because i, I know, know, know that
2: program can take longer but yeah. you're all it's full time and you're in full-time this one year. Year. yeah and what's the idea of that what 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 does um, that give you
7: so for that i'm learning about epidemiology which is um Population studies, um, which is very important for cancer prevention. So it's where you look at characteristics of large cohorts of people and try and I- identify things. Um, so I'm getting those expertise and then biostatistics expertise as well, mm. which will help with the cancer prevention um studies when I go to the States. So it's just extra training for, yes, for changing Yes, getting you
2: ready ready yeah. for there. Yeah. I, I, I take it everything will be organised for you. You won't have to worry about accommodation and all that oh, type of I thing. Oh, I will, yeah. Well, no, you you will. have to do that yourself? I think I will, Oh, yeah. my God, come on. Come yeah. on, I thought everything would be laid on for you. So you have to organise that yourself as oh, well yeah, going over there. Oh, yeah, i have to find there. my own
7: place. And I think they're all unfurbished <laughs> and everything. So trip to IKEA, I think. <laughs>
2: but, but you've been, you've been abroad and, and been involved as well. But this will be your longest stint away working yeah. here. Yeah, Yeah. yeah.
7: During my PhD, I uh, went to the Karolinska Institute in Sweden Mm. for three months, uh, which was great. I got to work with a great lab over there. But yeah, that was only for a summer. So this would be my longest stint away from home. Yeah.
2: (laughs) What about himself? You're leaving him behind here. What's his name? John. (laughs) Oh, poor John. (laughs) John Three years.
7: Yeah, yeah.
2: It's not going to be that bad, really, is it? No.
7: Oh, it'll be okay, I think. Nowadays, <laughs> the world is so small with Skype and FaceTime and everything.
2: You are so right. And as well, I do know he is uh, gets a few nice days, holidays as well. Oh, yeah,
7: he's he? a teacher. He's ah, off sure, all the time, look, sure. Come on, he'll yeah. be half
2: of the year <laughs> over there. with excuse for a which. holiday. <laughs> yeah. But isn't it... Oh, may I say, a wonderful opportunity. Yeah,
7: yeah, it's um, it's a great opportunity, very prestigious. I'm uh, very grateful to be awarded it. Uh, I actually applied for it the year before as well and I didn't get it, so uh, mm. it's very competitive. But,
2: I can uh, imagine. Yeah. So you're blazing a trail for Irish women, aren't you?
7: Um, yeah, you I'm- well, perhaps yeah. yeah women I think in science are. is very important, but I'm not the only one. There's, no, there's plenty in Ireland of excellent mm. uh, scientists and yes, you know, researchers in other areas. Yes, but also. in
2: this particular area as well. What about that? I just want to come back to you mm. because you know you you are somebody who's gone down a road where, and we here where they're trying to encourage young women today.
7: Absolutely. Back in the yeah. second
2: level schools to take on these subjects. What do you yeah. say to them today? Here, you're an ambassador <laughs> for this. Sell it to them. Yeah, Anisha.
7: Absolutely. Go for it. Yeah. Um there's great opportunities. Ireland, you know, research in Ireland is excellent, you know, world renowned, we're as competitive as any other country. And I think it's a great area to get into. Um yeah, absolutely. Women go first. Go for it, girls. Go for <laughs> yeah. it, girls.
2: This woman has gone for it. She's saying to you today. What what about Ireland in the context? We mentioned those building blocks and they happen across national borders, across mm. continents as well. Where do we sit, you know, the Irish effort in this?
7: Oh, Ireland is great in terms of research. We have loads of excellent researchers in the area of cancer research, and we're doing really well in immunology as well. Um, yeah, extremely competitive and we've loads of international collaborators. Um, you know, Irish hospitals are involved in some of the biggest clinical trials in the world you know, that are, you know, headed in the States. And we have patients in Ireland that are, you know, on those trials. So I think we're doing great.
2: You know. <laughs> Do you uh, sit here today and think, you know, when you were back at your school days and that as well, did you envisage this path for yourself where you are?
7: No, not at all. I didn't really. I think it's very difficult as well. Like you're so young when you're doing your leave insert and Mm. everything. I think with anybody, it's very difficult to see more than maybe like five years ahead of yourself, you know, especially when it's not, you know, a. A career where it's a straight path you know with, with research it kind of jumps and you can go each and other ways mm. um no i i really didn't know what i wanted to do my aptitude was for maths and science i was wasn't good at business studies or accounting you know in my junior search i did bad in those it just wasn't what i was into um so i decided to study science in trinity because um you know i read the description of it and i was like oh that looks cool and again i could defer for another two years before i had to Mm specialize so the first two years were just general science i did all of the different types of sciences and then it came to third year and biology was my favorite so i specialized in molecular medicine then And that was, um, it gave me a good base for my PhD. So it was a translational course. So uh, when we say translational science, it's science that has a focus on a disease. So rather than just looking at, say, a protein or a molecule, because you're interested in how that works, it's you're looking at that in relation to what it does to a disease which is my focus and what I'm interested in. I like to see a kind of real-world aspect to science because you can get very away from things, you know. Um, So that's what my course was based on and then luckily uh, gave me a good background for applying for the PhD that I ultimately got.
2: Can I tell you, you've uh, given us a real-world explanation of you and what you do and where you're going today you have to say that and i really enjoyed listening (laughs) to what you had to say you're a talented bunch you synods jack your brother (laughs) sat in that very seat number one leaving cert in ireland how's he getting on
7: brilliant yeah Yeah. he's uh he's doing lawn politics in trinity now he loves it he's in his element that
2: fella is going places just like yourself and what about you? you have a brother andy he's in london is he
7: yeah, my older brother, so I'm the third, so Andy's uh, just above me. He's uh, he's in marketing in London. He works for the Racing Post, the oh. newspaper. Oh, very good. Yeah. Very <laughs> good. it you
2: have a broad spread as well. And yeah. of course, your ma'am, if you're out in the forge field in Termin-Fekin and uh, you want flowers or anything like that, she's yeah. the woman. Yeah. She's, she's the woman to consult out there. Anyway, lovely to meet you on the show today. Thank you, you for coming in to us and I wish you... All the very best in Washington, D.C. Lucky you. You'll have a great time there, I'm (laughs) sure. But doing very, very important work as well. You're a credit to your family and everybody involved in your life. Thanks for joining me on the show, Dr. Nisha Sinnott. Thank Thank you. Thank (laughs) you. That's a lot on late lunch for this Monday afternoon. Thank you for joining us on the show. Eddie's up next with the drive, and we're back with another late lunch tomorrow, Tuesday at half one. See you then.
0: The late lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over two hundred and fifty quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at BlackstoneMotors.ie.